Hey, America. Great podcast coming your way today. Uh, Lots of laughs. We take on the five things that you need to know about Kamala Harris. Um, We also tell you about the Great Reset, which is a special I did on the Wednesday night special uh, on Blaze TV. It's all there, but I go over it uh, step by step in uh, hour two of the extended podcast just so much you don't want to miss and a really really encouraging story from uh, target tory she's a girl that was shamed publicly uh, on social media but it turned around on her accuser and now she's turning it around to try to pump some good into our country and into the system uh, and uh, into our society. You're going to love her all on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, some great news from USA Today. Three doctors argued um in USA Today, the coronavirus vaccine should be mandatory and tax penalties, higher insurance premiums and denial of many government and private services ought to be considered for those refusing the shot. I'm quoting, <laughs> while the measures that will be necessary to defeat the coronavirus will seem draconian, even anti-American To some, we believe there's no alternative. Simply put, getting vaccinated is going to be your patriotic duty. There is no alternative to vaccine-induced herd um, immunity in this pandemic. Broad induction of immunity into the population by uh, immunization will be necessary to end this pandemic. Um, This is an article that was published on August 6th. Uh, its original subhead, defeat COVID-19 by requiring vaccination for all. It's not un-American. It's patriotic. Mm. The original subhead was make vaccines free. Don't allow religious or personal objections and punish those who won't be vaccinated. They are threatening the lives of others. They are uh, saying now that when the vaccine is uh, is ready, um uh they the conditions that prohibit uh a vaccine need to be rare private businesses could refuse to employ or serve mm-hmm. unvaccinated individuals mm-hmm. schools could refuse to allow unimmunized children to mm-hmm. attend classes public and commercial transit companies airlines trains buses could exclude uh, refusers mm-hmm. public and private auditoriums could require evidence of immunization for entry Uh, There needs to be a registry of immunization and it will be needed with the names entered after immunization is completed. Everyone should be issued a certification card. Papers, please. This is horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen it. (laughs) This is exactly. I've been saying this for months. They're going to make it mandatory and they're going to make it a condition of employment and and going to school because that's the way they'll control us. They've got this control. They're not letting they're not going to let it go now. Uh, so they will tell us that this is your patriotic duty. I'm sorry. You'll be killing other people if you don't do it. And if you don't want to do it, then you go. You don't work. Period. 
Listen to this. MIT is uh, now looking to embed vaccine records directly under the skin of children. Oh, along along with a vaccine, a child will be infected, uh, injected with a bit of dye that is invisible to the naked eye, but easily seen with a special cell phone filter combined with an app that shines near infrared light onto the skin. The dye would be expected to last up to five years, according to tests on pigs and rat skin. Um, the development of this idea, which the article proudly noted, avoid using iris scans that might violate <laughs> privacy. And it's been funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Uh, what a surprise. Uh, mm. A surprise. Mm. Bill and Melinda would so, be behind that. Uh, hmm. So how are you... Because I won't, I, if they make it mandatory, I won't do it. I'll make my own decision when I see what it is, but yeah. I won't do it. And I think this whole, this whole uh, uh, coronavirus thing, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I know, Stu, I'm going to set Stu off, but it's, uh, well, we'll come back to it later. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're in day 150 of the 15 days to flatten the curve. We're in day 150. <laughs> I mean, when is this? When's this going to end? When's this going to end? Well, it's only and, 135 and at, extra days. That's not that bad. I, you, I know. You I haven't know, noticed I any know. differences from the first 15 days till today. I, I seem to be able to go out yeah. to restaurants. <laughs> I, my kid is at school today. Uh, that's kind of an interesting. Is he? Uh, he's physically yeah, in school. Both of them are. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, you know, yeah, I, good. It, good. It's, it's certainly. I, I again, I, I agree with you that uh, there's been all sorts of uh, horror shows as far as the response oh, to this the, thing goes. But I mean, I, I, it has. It's not exactly the first 15 days where we were all locked into our homes. I mean, it is. It no, is no, considerably no, but different. But it is. It is considerably different. But look at the changes in the last 150 days. Look at what's happened to us in the last 150 days. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in in all sectors, everything is changing. You would not have been allowed uh, a year ago when we're talking about putting the 1619 project into our schools. That probably would have been a much bigger deal. Now it's like everything is on fire. How do you prioritize that? And the New York Times isn't done. You know, we just found a uh, new New York Times podcast. They did the 1619 Project. Now they have a new podcast called, is it Good White Parents? Uh, nice White Parents. Uh, nice White Parents. Mm-hmm. Nice White Parents. I want you to listen to the ad. Listen carefully to the ad for this podcast. This is Sarah Koenig, host of the Serial Podcast. I want to tell you about our new show, Nice White Parents. It's reported by Hannah Jaffe-Walt, who's made some of the best, most thought-provoking, most emotional radio stories I've ever heard. Back in 2015, Hannah wanted to find out what would happen inside this one public school in her neighborhood during a sudden influx of white students into a school that had barely had any white students before. And then, not satisfied that she fully understood what she was seeing, she went all the way back to the founding of the school in the 1960s, and then forward again up to the present day. And eventually, Hannah realized she could put a name to the unspoken force that kept getting in the way of making the school better. White parents. I've been waiting Ah. so long to tell people about this show. And now I can finally say it. Go listen to Nice White Parents. Nice White Parents is made by Serial Productions, a New York Times company. You can find it wherever Ah. you get your podcasts. Hmm. Okay, so what we did was, uh, you know, we just... Because really, to me, the the way to tell if you're being racist is reverse the race. Mm -hmm. If you reverse the race... 
if it would be offensive to say, uh, you know, in a politically correct world on one race, you then know it's racist. It's racist. So we did that. We took the script and we just changed some of the names, but the script is the same. We just changed some of the names and the name of the show. And here's the promo. This is Ava Braun, host of the Stormfront podcast. I want to tell you about our new show, Nice Black Parents. It's reported by Richard Spencer, who's made some of the best, most thought-provoking, most emotional radio stories I've ever heard. Back in 2015, Richard wanted to find out what would happen inside this one public school in his neighborhood during a sudden influx of black students into a school that had barely had any black students before. And then, not satisfied that he fully understood what he was seeing, he went all the way back to the founding of the school in the 1960s and then forward again up to the present day. And eventually, Richard realized he could put a name to the unspoken force that kept getting in the way of making the school better. Black parents. I've been waiting so long to tell people about this show. And now I can finally say it. Go listen to Nice Black Parents. Nice Black Parents is made by Stormfront Productions, a Turner Diaries company. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Or White Hoods. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think everybody would say it's racist. You think, think everybody would say that was clearly racist? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think everyone yeah. has very consistent standards yeah. and would see that as totally fine. Totally fine. Yeah, Not odd I'm that a sure. giant company would make something like that, blaming a race for all of the problems in their schools. That's totally fine in the year 2020. Totally fine. I... I I have to tell you, I don't know if you guys saw, but you have to watch it on demand. Last night's episode on The Great Reset. This Great Reset is, it will tie everything together. You will all of a sudden understand why these giant corporations are in bed with these people. You know, you've, you've been, we've, we've gotten to this place to where we've, we've thought, okay, well, but yeah, but why would they do this? I mean, why would they want socialism? That doesn't make any sense. It actually does when you look at the Great Reset. Uh, what's happening with the Great Reset is these companies, they're part of this. They're going to be, it's, it's not communist. It's much more fascist to where it's a public-private merger. And I'm going to outline it here in just a few minutes. What the economic, World Economic Forum is laying out literally is what what hitler did with national socialism the government runs or tells the companies how to run they're deeply involved they tell them what they can produce what they can't produce they pick the winners and the losers uh and and they share the profits with the people well that's national socialism now i'm not saying that they're all nazis what i'm saying is it's the same system it's the same system, and that's what they're putting together. And these giant corporations, they're all getting bailed out. They're part of it. They're all getting bailed out. They're all getting their money. You'll notice that it is the entrepreneur, the, other, the, the people that drive America. Those are the ones that are being destroyed by this. Why would the Fed come out last Monday and say, uh, you know what? Uh, we need to really shut this baby down. Boy, oh boy, do we need to shut this economy down. 
We do. 3% of ER visits are for COVID symptoms right now. 1.9 of active cases are hospitalized. Only 0.014 of Americans are hospitalized with COVID currently. Only 0.7% of Americans are currently positive. The median age of death is 78. That's the average life expectancy in the U.S. What, 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 why do we have to close down? What, what is it that we're, we're, the Fed is saying stop the economy for? There is something else going on, and it's called the Great Reset. And I urge you to watch that episode on demand. And, uh, uh, and I urge you to call a friend, a like-minded friend, that is kind of scratching their head going, what's going on? To listen to next hour uh, on this radio program, because we're going to give you uh, the beginnings of the great reset pat thank you so much for stopping in this morning pat gray on his radio program what was the big story in your program today pat oh there was too many of them to count glenn um <laughs> i'm not asking you to count i'm just telling I, you just I, tell me I, I don't know probably one. kamala harris uh is probably what we spent the most time with i think it's a good pick are you yeah. you, you yeah. do uh kamala harris yeah a good pick i'm I'm saying not because not for the country but like does it help biden's campaign is there anything no, that, no. i don't think so Oof. and i i think she opens up a world of questions for reporters to ask like mm. hey you, <laughs> <think> you, <laughs> you, you believe biden's accusers oh uh, that's a good one do you still mm. you still uh, yeah that should be question uh, one Pat, are, question one in interview one right did you just yeah. sign on with a rapist right did you? and if not what was your what was your turning point what changed your mind why don't you believe him now i'd love to know that wait 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 mm-hmm. did, did did i slip back into the world where we all we, we all made sense and journalists actually <laughs> asked questions <laughs> well, we do yeah. have fox news <laughs> i mean they sometimes get into these press oh, conferences yeah. maybe somebody at fox could ask a question that's relevant and important mm-hmm. and everybody would like to hear uh, the answer to uh yeah uh-huh. no the best of the Glenn Beck program Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. All right, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Kamala Harris. Everybody loves Joe Biden's pick. I mean, loves. For instance, the ever-reliable Al Jazeera. Everybody's favorite American news outlet says Biden's choice of Kamala Harris as a VP candidate is unprecedented because Harris brings youth, race, gender and prosecutorial skill to the Democratic ticket versus Donald Trump. They Al Jazeera loves her. Do a lot of candidates not bring a gender to the campaign? Is that is that common? No. I don't know. It seems they, they seem, seem to think that's notable no. that she brought a gender. I, I didn't know that was a big deal. Yeah, um, Donald Trump, smooth as a Ken doll. Down there. <laughs> oh, really? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. smooth I've as a Ken doll. I've never heard anyone ask yeah. him about that. Mm. Yeah, uh, George Bush, smooth as a Ken doll. Oh, wow. Ronald Reagan, look at him. Mm. I mean, he looked plastic. You mm. know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, NBC News says Kamala Harris is a pragmatic progressive. CNN gushed about her and her Indian relatives helping shape her views on civil rights and civil duty. Now, there is a, a, a minor difference between um, her and what the press had to say about her and what the press had to say about the announcement of Mike Pence in, tw- 
in 2016. Uh, Vox called him an extra awful choice. Uh, Vice wrote a piece entitled Mike Pence, Trump's VP pick is pretty damn homophobic. While the URL says everything you need to know about Mike's Mike Pence's homophobia. They complained about his status as an apparent culture warrior. Little did we know the entire left would unite to tear down statues and pull photos off of pancakes and rice packaging. (laughs) You know, they're not culture warriors at all. uh, And don't even think about that. And that's important to remember because the Democratic Convention starts next week. And with that said, Stu is bringing us the five things you need to know about Kamala Harris. Yeah, so, so this one's where do we? This one's technically not on the list, but it's Kamala Harris. Uh, you had this Sorry, go during Kamala. the primary. You had it nailed, and now we've reverted back to Kamala. How come? Yeah, how come? I did people know her as Kamala at the beginning, or have I just always screwed it up? I think the the original just people read the name and said Kamala, so it was Kamala for okay. a while. But it was all. I mean, when when she became somewhat prominent in the in the. Mm-hmm. In the primary, we actually decided to actually figure out how to pronounce it. We nailed it. We had it Kamala throughout the entire primary. Then she went away. Okay. We've, we've reverted back to yeah. Kamala here. Yeah, okay. So it is. Because I've, I've it is Kamala, caring, not Kamala. Quite honestly. Yeah, no, yeah, I, okay. who cares, right? Um, yeah. I, so the New York Times did this, and kind of on, on the front uh, that you were just talking about, they announced the, the Kamala Harris uh, VP pick as uh, breaking news. K- Kamala Harris of California is Joe Biden's pick for vice president, a pragmatic moderate. She is the first. <laughs> she's the first <laughs> black woman on a major party ticket. So the first huh. number one thing you need to know about Kamala. She's not a moderate. She's not a moderate. No. Number one. She's not a moderate. <laughs> no. Okay. Some people right. seem to actually think she is a moderate. And I think that stems mm. from the, idea that she's a moderate compared to let's say aoc right she's a moderate mm-hmm. compared to elizabeth warren or bernie sanders that doesn't mean she's an Stalin. actual Stalin. moderate yeah right like you throw her in yeah. the middle of the soviet union population yeah. maybe she's a moderate <laughs> I, I don't know she's a moderate right. <laughs> she's a moderate yeah yeah totally. she says these gulags are wrong you know yeah. okay i got she it. loves I got communism it. but it's, it's just mild on the gulags she's a moderate right, okay mm-hmm. Um, okay, I got it. I got it. I got Harris it. has a conservative review score of 20%, a lifetime mm-hmm. Freedom Works score of 18%. Uh, those are not good. Those are not moderate numbers. Um, the DW nominate score is sort of the academic approach to this, and it's even less charitable than the conservative organizations. They have a, Holy a, cow. a, a, a sort of a spray graph here of all dots in, a, in an oval. And you can look around and try to find Kamala Harris. You can see her circled if you're watching Blaze TV. She is almost all the way to the left of the chart. Um, according to DW Nominate, she is, quote, more liberal than 99% of the Senate and 97% of the Democrats in the Senate. She's only to the right of Elizabeth Warren, the only senator she's to the right of. And she's wow. actually in between Warren and Sanders, according to DW Nominate, which is wow. you know, the academic approach to this. That's really hard to do if you are not Karl Marx yourself. If if you're Karl Marx, okay. you're probably in the same about the same position. So number one, she's not moderate. No. Number two, that you need to know about yeah, Kamala she, Harris. She and it's Kamala. She is not. Kamala. <laughs> you're never going to get this right again. She is <laughs> not care. pragmatic <laughs> or moderate. She's definitely not really? pragmatic either. Um, the sell of from the Times uh, from uh, of Kamala Harris was that she's pragmatic and moderate. 
Well, she's not pragmatic. The, the Kamala Harris brand of pragmatism is just her ability to keep a straight face while constantly changing positions. So it's like you could say she's pragmatic because she moves to the point, you know, that, that makes things. Oh, of course, it's pragmatism coming through. It's not. She just does whatever she has to say to grab more power at the time uh, where it's appropriate. So some would call old fashioned people might call that just political lying. Yes. But if yeah, you're the New York okay. Times, you could call it pragmatic. Pragmatic. Got if it. you remember okay. her stance on Medicare for all, <laughs> she uh-huh. first said she would support it. And then she signed mm-hmm. on to Bernie's plan that would make private insurance illegal. Then the very next day, she took that back and said, I didn't really hear the question. Then she said she was <laughs> going to go back to a transitional plan before the final switch mm. to a government system. And then she was back to allowing some private insurance. It didn't wow. make any sense at all. Um, and Well, she's fluid. She's she, fluid. She was, she was Medicare for all fluid. You're right. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's where she is. That would be a better sell than pragmatic. Um, mm-hmm. I love because it, it didn't make any sense at all what she was trying to do with Medicare for all, which led to a headline from New York magazine. Not exactly a right wing source. Uh, the headline was Kamala Harris's Medicare for all plan makes no sense. <laughs> I love <laughs> <laughs> this quote is fantastic. Glenn. If you took Harris at her word, her legislative plan for 2021 would do would be to first pass a law massively cutting middle class taxes, then pass a second law radically increasing them. <laughs> that sounds like the democrats that sounds like washington yeah it does it does okay so the second thing is she's not pragmatic Mm -hmm. the third thing you know need to know about kamala good job good job yeah yeah yeah. okay uh she (laughs) she is not on the ticket to help with the black vote everybody keeps Uh saying this this is a fundamental misunderstanding of the pick a lot of activists did demand that Biden pick a black woman to be his vice president. And it's possible, of course, part of that he was caving to that pressure. But it's that's different than thinking that Kamala will help with the black vote. Joe Biden doesn't need any help with the black vote. He was Barack Obama's vice president. And when he ran twice, he won, I think, 96 and 92 percent of, of the black vote. The only reason he's the nominee at all is because he was rescued by black voters in South Carolina. This is remember the, you're not yeah. you're not really black if you don't vote for Joe, Joe Biden according right. to Joe Biden right um, and look right. he constantly says mm. things like that which would make you think maybe he needs some help but right. the help cannot no. come from someone like Kamala Harris Kamala mm. Harris when she was running for president uh, she was polled this is November 2019 before she had dropped out she was a black candidate in a majority black primary and she was at four percent of black voters four percent do you know what she had among white voters four (laughs) percent now this is obviously way behind biden who had 44 percent of black voters Uh, but it was also behind bernie sanders who had eight percent and he is not relatable no at all I mean, not relatable. He's not relatable to most white people. I mean, he did have a <laughs> gangster rap album in the mid '90s, but other than that, yeah, sure, uh, sure, I, he sure. is not exactly a cultural fit. So he with double, some, mm-hmm. double the numbers mm-hmm. <laughs> than uh, Kamala. Elizabeth Warren, the obviously mm-hmm. uh, has a deep connection to uh, all African American yeah, communities. Yeah, of course, uh, she was at ten yeah. percent, as well as Tom Steyer, who was also at ten percent. Tom Steyer, the whitest white guy in America, had two and a half times the support of uh, Kamala Harris. 
It's, it's a, his campaign was like running the country time lemonade guy. Right. <laughs> and he's six points higher than Harris is. Yes. Okay. So why did he pick? If it's not because of race, why did he pick? The number four thing Kamala. you need to know about Kamala. She's in uh-huh. it for the money. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that she's in it to personally enrich herself. Although that will be a side effect. I mean, that's definitely, of course, she's in it for the money like every other politician. But the thing about uh, Kamala Harris is she brings in the cash. At one point in the campaign, she had twice the amount of Clinton, Obama, bigwig donors as anyone else in the race. She has a big bank of cash in California. Huge supporters there that, that funnel money to her. Unlike someone like Elizabeth Warren, who's pretty good at raising money, She uh, can raise money from big tech because she's not constantly talking about shutting big tech down. So big tech (laughs) loves this pick because she's not a threat to big tech. Right. Um, Right. Biden, on the other hand, is is notoriously terrible at raising money. Remember, when he won uh, in when he came in second in Nevada and he was winning in South Carolina, he was he was not even able to put ads on television because he had no money. He was completely out of money when he started winning these primaries. Um, he was that's why so many people thought he was done. He was out of cash. He had nothing coming in. Um, but and I, and look, and I, that's understandable, right? You're a big donor. You go see Joe Biden. You take out your checkbook. He starts drooling on it. It's, it doesn't give you a lot of confidence to write that. Yeah, check. You're like, can I hand this to somebody else? Because I'm not sure you're even going to remember that I gave it to you in a little while. <laughs> right. But yeah, I got it. I got it. Biden's kind of okay, strength is, is the is the hand to hand combat, right? You're sniffing hair. You know, you're in there, you're, you're rubbing people's <laughs> shoulders. That's the type of campaigning right. Biden wants to do. Can't right. do it this time. He needs someone to bring in the cash, and that's why he brought Kamala on. I'm just looking again at that uh, that chart, the uh, the DW the, chart. Yeah, DW nominate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, you, if it looks like the universe, America would be, you know, I mean, the, you know, Earth and our galaxy would be someplace, let's just even say in the middle. If this was the galaxies and this was a map of the universe, no matter how many millions and billions of years we have waited for the light from her system, we still would not see the light. <laughs> so true. She's so far to the left, the light will not arrive uh, for another so billion far. years. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. The billions of years still at light speed, not able to reach us. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Number five, the fifth thing you need to know about uh, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris needs to stop her surrogates from saying this. We have a clip here. And I want you to listen to it. It's from ABC News. And they're just talking about the clip. And obviously, like this is I think it's Heidi Heitkamp, who is a, a Democratic senator who's now doing uh, you know, analyst work. And uh, so they give you the kind of setup of, you know, the pick and everything. And, and listen to what listen to her argument towards the end of this. Is this a tough pick to deal with if you're President Trump or Vice President Pence? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I can't. Let me tell you, you could not find a better 180 degrees off Mike Pence okay. than Kamala Harris. Mm. Joe Biden and the Democratic Party have been overtaken by the radical left. So given their promises of higher taxes, open borders, socialized medicine and abortion on demand, it's it's no surprise that he chose Senator Harris to be his running mate. Mm, Mike Pence, old school, Mm. you know, I don't want to be in a room with a woman who's not my, you know, mother or my wife. Mm. You know, Kamala Harris represents (laughs) everything Uh -uh. that Mike Pence isn't. Okay, here's Mm -hmm. the problem. 
<laughs> She's going to be in a lot of meetings alone with Joe Biden, I'm thinking. Yeah, you know, um, here's the thing. You can make fun of Mike Pence for a lot of things. However, uh-huh. if you're Kamala Harris, you don't want to make fun of the Mike Pence rule. To say that, oh, I don't want to be a woman. I don't want to be in a room with a woman who's not my mother or my wife. That's so old school. When you're making the argument for a woman who actually had an affair with her superior while on the job. This is, if Willie Brown had the Mike Pence rule, we'd be talking about Susan Rice today. <laughs> that is, <laughs> she's also, she's also working for somebody who has been accused of groping and sexual harassment and she said she believes those accusations that's right (laughs) she should always insist someone else is in the room she should be wearing like a body cam like a police officer (laughs) (laughs) and perhaps his sweet wife jill should ask for the same in return yeah (laughs) i I think that's probably a good idea i mean uh, it's such a weird thing in this me too moment that the democrats are going to put on the ticket a woman who absolutely benefited from an affair with a powerful man more than twice her age willie brown back in the day um i don't know if this is like you know there's hashtag me too maybe this is hashtag me too part two sometimes it works out great uh because i apparently you can get you know look you should never have to deal kids with sexual advances from your boss unless they're going to work for you and then you're going to be really excited about it and use it all the way to the white house that is a weird message to send in 2020 but it's one apparently they're comfortable with This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. She is the founder of an organization called Pause Be Kind. You might know her as Target Tory. Now, this Target Tory is the retail worker whose story went viral after she was publicly shamed online for not selling a customer a toothbrush for a penny. And that customer got really, uh, you know, outraged, called the police, yada, yada, and and tried to shame her. Well, it backfired because people actually sided with her. And somebody, uh, you know, decided that they were going to start a GoFundMe. And it was uh, created to send her on a well-deserved vacation Uh, But she was really overwhelmed by the support, and so she wants to give back. And so she started something uh, called Pause, Be Kind. Now she is turning it around uh, on somebody else again that is being publicly shamed. Tori is with us now. Hi, Tori. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. (laughs) You it is uh it's remarkable uh I don't know if you ever Stu what was the name of that book by uh Ron uh, John Ronson uh so yeah, you've John been publicly Ronson. shamed yeah yeah uh I mean there there's this great book called so you've been publicly shamed and and this this guy did a study and uh, and went and talked to people who have gone through what you went through and a lot of them don't have a cheery ending or a uh you know a a way to get past it 
how are you doing and what was it like to be all of a sudden thrust into a global spotlight like that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The, most of the time, it's it's crazy. And I think that that's what's the beauty of this story is that instead of it going down that negative path that so many do, we were able to make something out of this that could be carried forward. And I think that I feel super fortunate to have been given this platform that I can create other positive experiences for people that are going through something similar. So I'm just looking forward to keeping doing that. Okay, so what are you doing now? Tell me about the guy in Louisville. Yeah, so um, Andy, I actually came across him when some of my followers, sometimes they'll tag me in things that they're seeing on social media if they feel like there's an injustice being done. Um, And I did come across Andy, thanks to them, and I saw that, you know, he was another manager in a super similar situation where he had a customer that was just outraged by his handling of something that was out of his control. And so often these customers get frustrated with the policy and not the person that is enforcing the policy. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I saw this opportunity where, you know, this needed to, to be brought forward. It needed more attention because this was obviously happening again to somebody. And so I wanted to reach out to him, give him some support. And I saw so much support coming behind it from all of these people and it going viral. I think it ended up being 15 on Twitter trending. Um, and, you know, some people were saying create a GoFundMe because that was kind of how my situation was really spurred on and got more attention. Right. And so I felt compelled to do that for him. And lo and behold, we're at, you know, over $20,000 and he is exactly what I could have hoped he would be. He's so thankful and kind and great representation of what I was hoping someone who would be, you know, canceled would be. So this cancel culture um, is everywhere. I mean, I think everyone is being uh, affected by it. There are times that I see these viral videos on both sides of the aisle or debate or whatever. um, And sometimes the person at the store is really just trying to do their job and they're just there. They are being polite and the person is just so unreasonable um, that, you know, it's like you go into a place where it says no shoes, no shirt, no service. We would all be for the person who is going up to somebody saying, hey, I, you know, you can't you have to wear shoes in here. You just have to. Well, why? Well, that's a store policy and maybe you get hurt or something. And so it would just be bad. You have to wear shoes. If they tried to shame that person, we would all be for the the person who said you got to put shoes on. It's policy to wear a mask at many places. And, you know, you don't have to go into that particular store. You don't have a right to that store. How do you separate uh, the good guys from the bad guys when you are doing something like this? How do you know uh, that that person who has been publicly shamed, you know, is is going into it with the right heart? Is it just a gut feel? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said in the beginning, this is a human issue. It's not, it's a completely bipartisan issue. And I think that's why I so much want my platform to be bipartisan because it's, it's a human issue and so many people, you know, face this. And so when I do come across someone um, such as Andy, I could just tell. And like you said, it's, it's a gut feel. I could see, you know, that both of these people obviously had a, he was this person on established Twitter Um, they obviously, you know, had, you know, some, some other controversial tweets. 
um, that, you know, it seems like they were kind of reaching there for some more, um, some more out there. So I think that when I saw that and when I saw just the look on Andy's face, I mean, how can you not know? You know, I I think as a manager, we've all been put in similar situations. So it's easy to kind of recognize another person that's going through something similar. So what are you doing now? Because you're you're no longer working at uh, Target. Yeah, correct. So I have left Target. Um, it was a it was a very um, amicable split. <laughs> um, I left mm. because you know I felt like I've been given and gifted this platform, and I really want to do something with it. And so with this kind of pause, be kind movement, I'm hoping that I can bring light to you know this cancel culture that we have nowadays, and people just being so quick to anger and you know they have this angry mob syndrome almost where they just want to attack and get behind one another jump on the bandwagon um so i'm hoping that i can bring light to that and you know how outrageous it truly is and how harmful it is to our culture because we feel like we're not able to speak our true minds and we'll be you know there'll be repercussions for that and what is the world if we're not able to to speak our truths you know I'll tell you, Lord, uh, Tori, I don't know if you're left or right, and I don't care. Um, I think uh, what you're doing is is noble and right. I I hear from people all the time uh, that we're all, I think all of us, um, are feeling like, uh, man, I just don't even want to talk to people because they just, you say the wrong thing and they just explode. Uh, and I think there's a majority of Americans that they might find themselves frustrated if they're not reminded, Hey, don't become part of the problem. They can quickly because they're so frustrated with things, but they really in their heart don't like this at all. They don't want to be a part of that. They, they want to be able to live side by side with their neighbor. Like we always have, we we don't agree on everything. Why all of a sudden do I have to be an enemy? Because we disagree. Yeah, I think that's that's like the point of the pause and pause be kind. I think we've forgotten to do that. We don't pause anymore. We just we don't look at all of the factors that come into something. We don't look at the the context of a situation. We just immediately we hear something and you know, if it goes against our beliefs or our views, we become defensive. And it's so important that we let our guard down and be open to other viewpoints because that's what makes the world grow and makes us evolve. So when the guy was called in to target with you and the toothbrush, the toothbrush was on sale for $89, but it was, how was it marked for a penny? It was a mistake or was it in the wrong place or what happened there? So it was actually not even a mistake. So we have these, um, or Target has display labels, and a lot of other retailers do as well, where you can um, just scan them with the device in the store so you can tell more the customer more about that individual item. And then uh, okay, the actual yeah. price tag is on next to the actual item that is for sale a couple shelves below. So it's just he saw the display written in big letters with a penny on it next to the display, and felt as though that that would, you know, make him qualified to get that for a penny. Wow. Wow. Were you surprised at when, because you had to just be killing yourself inside going, I can't believe this guy is filming this and this is going to go viral. Were you surprised at the, uh, the, the people of the world that 
were on your side. Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, I expected, I did for a moment there when he took the picture, I thought to myself, oh God, I hope this doesn't go viral. And that, that instinct, I guess, was right because it did. But I think that what was so great about it was I was not expecting that kind of support with the cancel culture that we have now. I was expecting outrage and frustration. And once I started looking at all of the tweets and scrolling through, that having so much support, I can't tell you how gratifying it is, especially as being a manager, because there's so many times that people will also get outraged by things and policies. And so to see so many people come to my support was just incredible. It was, it was, uh, it was, um, it was great to see that and great to see what you're doing with this now. And I wish you all the best of luck. How can people uh, follow you and how can people help you? Yes, please. Um, so you can follow me at my Twitter, um, which is at real target Tory. And then I also do have an Instagram as well. I try to keep them both updated, which is my name um, at Tori Parati. P-E-R-R-O-T-T-I. Tori yeah, Parati. Double R, double T. <laughs> Tori, best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Go out and change the world, will you? Thank you. I'm working on it. <laughs> na, 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 na.